Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. Hi, Waiting Warriors. Welcome to another interview today. This is a good one. I've got quite the expert here. Um, I'm excited to learn some good wisdom with you guys. I have Lizanne. Hi, Lizanne. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me today. No problem. We're glad to have you on. So Lizanne is a wife to a Marine who's been serving 17 years, and you guys have been together since before boot camp, right? Yes, indeed. So you, you've like seen his whole journey go entering in a boy and coming out a, a man and all that kind of stuff. Something like that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she also is a professional writer and a blogger for the seasoned spouse blog. And on Instagram, it's at seasoned spouse underscore military underscore advice. And I'll have all her different things linked in the show notes. So you guys can find her. I honestly would recommend following her, subscribing to the blog. That's what you do for blogs, right? Subscribe, right? Yeah, to subscribe or follow. Um, follow. I have an email list as well. So there's plenty of ways to follow and get all the tips and the updates. Right. She's a really good resource, guys. Not only just for deployment. She's quite the expert in deployment. Um, but just other things too. She's got some good posts going on there. So you definitely want to check that out. Um, but before we talk about deployment and all that, get all that expert advice, how about you introduce yourself? Tell us about um, a little bit about yourself and your family and all that jazz. Sure. Well, thanks so much again. And it's just really an honor to be here. Um, my name is Liz Ann Lightfoot, and I have been writing as a seasoned spouse for the past few years as a blogger and a writer for a bunch of different military magazines and websites. But as you mentioned, my military spouse experience started a lot before that. We have, uh, we've been married for 11 years, but that's because we dated for a ridiculously long period of seven years. And that was due in part to boot camp and deployments and terrible duty stations and things like that. <laughs> so our whole history has kind of been tied into the military. And that has been a huge part of my life as it's been part of my husband's life for, um, for him for 17 years now. And so during that time, yes, we've moved, we've lived overseas, and we've had four kids together. So it's been quite an adventure. It sounds like it. So did you meet before he was even interested in the military? Or like, as you met and started dating, he was saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to be doing this? No, originally, we met when we had both just finished high school. And we didn't know each other in high school. It was a week after graduation that we met and began dating that summer. And it was the first year of dating. He was talking about joining the police department. Um, he, would, he had been doing training throughout high school as a volunteer with the police department. And he was all set to go to the local academies. And then there was a um, what we thought at the time was a tragic paperwork error where his application was denied. And they said, we're so sorry, you know, do it again next year and we'll definitely make sure we get you in next year. But somehow through that, he decided that he didn't want to do the police department anymore. And he started talking about 
Marine Corps, which to me came out of nowhere. So it was definitely. That's a big out of nowhere too. That's not just like, oh, well maybe, you know, because even just like switching from police to firefighter, I feel like it's still like local, but then Marines, that just adds a whole, a whole new level. Yeah. So I had spent the first year of our dating relationship thinking, you know, do I really want to be dating and married to a police officer? I don't know if I can handle that life. That's a lot of stress. There's a lot of uncertainty. And, uh, and then here we are. So obviously it was something that I could handle, but it just, it took us a long time to adjust and get used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he joined, he, he signed up for Marine Corps boot camp and uh, did a slightly delayed program. So he signed up in 2001 before September 11th had happened. Oh. And then he, then September 11th happened and he ended up going to boot camp in October immediately afterwards. So it was a very traumatizing change, you know, going from a peacetime military that really hadn't been deployed and been fighting very much, very regularly for most of our lives. And then suddenly he was doing back-to-back deployments for years at a time. So it was, it was busy. Yeah. So you, so you're not only a deployment expert, you're a wartime deployment expert, which I know a lot of people have different opinions on like, I, I feel like if you serve, you serve. And if your husband has been deployed, he's been deployed. Absolutely. I, like, it, we're all on the same level. But I feel like it changes because the wartime, especially those early years after 9-11, for, for the listeners who don't understand, it wasn't just he had a deployment and then he you got rotated and had another deployment right. two or three years later. Like, we so have a lot really of friends who scheduled. were... Yeah, I guess that's now that you mention it, because at the time, this was all new. So nobody knew what to expect, what was going on. And I was a girlfriend at the time. And I was in college. I was not really plugged into the military community at all. I'd met maybe one or two of his friends that were married, but I was I was not living anywhere near his base. So I couldn't really associate with other spouses or with his unit. And um, I just felt very disconnected, very unsupported. There was so many questions and uncertainties at the time. So yeah, his initial deployment, I don't remember what it was supposed to be, but it did extend by several months because they needed them to stay longer. And we were just like, okay, I guess it's going to be nine months. That's, that's what it is. And then he came home for a few months and turned right back around and deployed again. And now they've tried to space those out a little bit more and give families a little bit more preparation time. And things have definitely improved. The resources have improved dramatically. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I think really affected our relationship and affected me as I was growing and, and becoming an adult and learning to live on my own and all those types of things. So I'm still very sensitive to girlfriends and significant others who are new to military life and trying to find their way and trying to find a supportive place to ask their questions where they're not going to get you know mocked and beat up and and laughed at because it's their first timer and they're asking something that other people think is silly. Right. Which I hope the listeners understand that here on this podcast, we have the same feeling. Um, that's why I always say military and first responder loved ones, because I've always been in this position as a spouse, but I know a lot of people who give their heart and soul to their significant other in a very similar way that I do. And that's still really difficult for them. So 
my first question, um, cause you really are the deployment expert. I, I know the listeners don't understand quite yet. And I, I'm hoping you guys are starting to get this conveyed. So he's home now. You've done seven deployments. Um, and you even have a master's class about deployment. So the first question I want to ask though, is for those girlfriends, those significant others who aren't in a base who aren't even in the military community, because I know a lot of them do stay at home. They do stay at school while their loved one ships off. How can, what is your best advice so that they can stay connected and um, get the answers they need without physically being at home base? Right. That's a great question because you're right. It does happen a lot. It's pretty common for the significant others not to be tied into that unit uh, resource network yet or not not tied into the spouse network per se. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's partly why I invented the deployment masterclass because I wanted a supportive place where people could find those resources and ask questions. And my program, um, it all takes place online. It can all be either downloaded or ordered or the videos can be viewed online. And I wanted it to be accessible to people no matter where they were. So you don't have to live near a base to make those connections. And it all kind of goes through my private Facebook group, which is called Handle Deployment Like a Boss. <laughs> it's, it's free to join. Anyone listening, you're welcome to stop by. We just keep it private for people's security, but you can just search handle deployment like a boss and request to join the group. And it is currently over a thousand members of all different branches, different ages and levels of experience. Many people going through their first deployment, but several are going through their third or their fifth. And they're just looking for others who are going through it as well. And a place where they can find encouragement, a place where they can kind of vent if they're having a bad day a place where they can talk to other military families who get it because Mm -hmm. so often, especially when we are living back home with our civilian family members, as loving and supportive as they may be, they just might not understand the challenges of military life. Mm -hmm. I think it has been incredibly supportive and helpful to so many people to let them know, you know, you don't have to live near me or anyone else on this group to be able to reach out and instantly get some feedback when you need you have a question or you're having a bad day or you just need that support right would you suggest to that kind of that same group the significant others and girlfriends who aren't at home base do you recommend that they kind of reach out to the units frg and all of those different kind of resources or do you see that as a little bit not as necessary because they aren't in the area I think it never hurts to ask because you never know what resources they are. And it's so difficult to get an accurate list anyway. (laughs) Uh, The resources vary depending on your branch, depending on your duty station, depending on the type of deployment. And so if you only have one or two friends that are military spouses or significant others, and they're saying, well, when my boyfriend deployed, it was like this, their experience really might not apply to your situation. So that's why I feel that the more that you gather resources and the more that you gather people's experiences, you know, no one's going to have the exact same experience, but someone might have something valuable to share with you. So yes, there is usually a family readiness group. That's the FRG that you mentioned. 
There's on base, there's plenty of resources that are often free to families. There's classes and there's support groups. There may be childcare opportunities. Um, but I always say might and may and sometimes because those are not universal privileges and they really depend on so many factors. Right. Okay. Next question I was thinking of is what's the question that people need to be asking that they don't know they need to be asking if mm. they're kind of fresh out of either preparing for a deployment or just kind of in the first few months? I think what we get a lot of is people asking, is this normal? And that can be such a variety of things. But leading up to deployment is, I think, one of the most challenging times. And we have gone through it so many times. I keep thinking I'm going to get better at it. I keep thinking that, you know, I know what to expect. I should be good at this by now. Like you mentioned, it's been seven different times that he's deployed um, all of those at least six months long, you know, not all combat, but I think five of them were combat. So I keep thinking like, we, we got this, we're experienced, right? And every time that pre-deployment buildup, just the combination of stress and emotions and uncertainty just really gets me. So I have made a huge effort in the deployment masterclass and in that supportive Facebook group that I mentioned to really tap into people during that time before the deployment has even started and begin to support them then, begin to answer their questions then, because they might not even know what they need to know. They might not know what resources they're going to need. But what we see really often is people asking, is it normal for us to be fighting so much more than you? <laughs> answer is yes. Yes, it is. Is it normal for him to suddenly be emotionally detached and distant leading up to the deployment? Yes. And that can happen for the spouse as well. Mm -hmm. um, is it normal to be freaking out if, you know, you're pregnant or you're going to be a single mom to a baby or a toddler or any age of young one? Yes, that's totally normal. And I think the more that people hear that and hear the examples of other people who have gone through it, the more they're reassured they're going to be and the more they'll realize, you know what, okay, this is going to be hard for sure, but I can do it. And these other women have done it. You know, these other people, thousands of people go through deployments every year. So I can do this too. Awesome. I like that. Cause yeah, we're in the, we're in the beginnings of a ramping up stage. My husband's supposed to deploy in May. Oh. Most of his brigade just left these last few weeks. Um, but he's a chaplain, so he's staying here to help the families here. And then he'll switch out with somebody and he'll go right after our baby's born. But it's already, we're already having these, like, like he had to do a lot of the deployment prep before everybody else left. Because right. otherwise he wouldn't be able to get his gear or he'd have to do it a different way or whatever. And it's like, wait, no, no, no. Like, we're not supposed to be stressing about this already because it's not until May. Like, that's mm. over five months away. But it, it's funny that you said, like, it is normal because after, I think we had, like, two weeks where we were just getting all crazy about it. We're like, wait, is, like, why are we feeling this way? This isn't how it's supposed to be. And my husband came back from a deployment fair type of a thing. And he's like, okay, what we're experiencing is normal. Like, and that it does give you a little bit of peace it's like, yeah, you try to, you still try to maneuver through the problem, but it gives you a lot of sense of peace to know that it's normal and 
you're not doing anything wrong by having those feelings. So I like that. I like that a lot. So next question is, what is your top three or four deployment survival tips? Ooh, that's, that's good too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely depended on the year because our kids have been all different ages during deployment. Um, I had a baby during one deployment. So I have, I've talked about that before and with resources that you need to give birth during deployment. But, um, but to keep it general, I would say definitely check out the Armed Services YMCA. They are one of my favorite resources, and I have used them not only for the military discount on YMCA memberships, because you can go to the YMCA, they provide two hours of childcare when you are on site, and that is sometimes just that mental brain break that you need. You don't even have to use the exercise equipment, but if you do, that's, that's wonderful too. But you can literally just sit there and, you know, use their free Wi-Fi and have a few moments of quiet to yourself while the kids are in the, uh, the child care area. So I have used them. Um, there were older child care programs that we used at our previous base during a combat deployment. But, um, yeah, kid resources are always a top priority to me. And then now that I have elementary age kids, we have kind of moved into an area where we're not dealing so much with the hands-on feeding and cleaning of kids all the time, but they're starting to have those emotional breakdowns during deployment and those, you know, problems at school and acting out and all of those behavioral issues that come with kids trying to process the fact that their parent is gone for such a long period of time. And so we have used a couple programs when the kids are just kind of going crazy one is the MFLAC, which is a military family life counselor, MFLC. And that is usually a professional, either counselor, social worker, or psychologist that is attached to a military unit. And they're a really good starting point for a parent to ask questions to decide, you know, what, where do I go from here? Do, does my co- child need to see a counselor? Should we you know, go to the pediatrician, how do I work with the school on some of these things? They're a really great resource to walk you through the steps for that. There's also free classes on base through, I think with Navy, they call it Slayton Family Center. Uh, I think the Army is Family Readiness Center. But those buildings on base will have classes to help you handle stress during deployment, to help you handle raising kids on your own. Um, they just give you lots of great advice communication tips that you and your spouse can use. So it's really difficult to make those classes a priority before they deploy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be really beneficial to do them together with your spouse before they've left so that you can kind of get on the same page and feel like you're starting off on the right foot. Okay. And it sounds like we really just need to not be afraid to look at outside places for help. Cause I know normally it's like, Oh, my kid needs a counselor to talk to then they must be this big troublemaker or whatever. But it sounds like you don't need to wait until there's a big problem to have them be talking this to somebody. You can Absolutely. I feel like there are so many resources out there for military families and using just one of them can make your life a little bit easier and a little bit better. And it might be in a tiny way, but during deployment, those tiny steps make <laughs> such a huge difference. And so when you feel like you are 
caught in that cycle of stress and frustration and exhaustion. And this can happen to anyone. It's, I'm not talking just about kids. This is, you know, getting overworked with your job, getting overwhelmed with school. People who are single during deployment and have no children have plenty of stress and loneliness and emotions that they're working through as well. So anyone facing that cycle during deployment, if you reach out and connect with just one resource on your base, in your community, online, you're going to find a network of people who want to help you and support you. And finding that encouragement can really give you that strength and that um, confidence that you need to face what you have ahead. Yeah, I like that. It's good to just not be so afraid and be more proactive about it. Um, Do you think it's possible to thrive even during a deployment? Like not just survive. Obviously there will be days where you are, you are doing chicken nuggets and PB and J or like for the whole week for dinner, (laughs) dinner and you're just trying to get by, but overall over the span of the five to nine months, however long it is, is it possible for that to be a thriving time period for you and your loved one or as a family unit? I think absolutely. It, again, it depends on the deployment. It depends on what communication you have available. Back in the mm-hmm. old days, we were stuck with just letter writing. There wasn't even email for the first few. So when the letter takes a month to get there, you know, you're not having a lot of, <laughs> a lot of great conversations. It was more, I was just like writing what we were doing every day and sending it off to him. And he was like, you keep writing about feeding the baby. And I'm like, that's all I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but there were other times when I was in college before we had kids, when I was dating him during the deployments and during those times, absolutely. I would set goals and I would really challenge myself to do something new during the deployment or to pursue a hobby or to, you know, get involved in some of the clubs and the activities at my college Because I realized that this was, it's sort of a gift. It's a very unique and strange period of time. And it's not something that anyone would really wish for or desire. But you can't do anything about that. You can't change the length of the deployment. So the best thing to do is to make the most of it. And that's going to be a different answer for each person. Some people set, you know, exercise and weight loss goals. And I've seen people make tremendous changes and improvements. Um, just in their personal habits and their eating habits and things like that. Some people just set a goal to read more books, you know, during deployment. I want to read so many per week or per month. And that can be really exciting and rewarding too. I decided to learn to play guitar during one of his deployments in college. Don't play anymore, but I did. And it was just something fun to kind of explore at the time. So I think it's definitely a unique situation that a lot of people don't get to experience in the modern day, a time of you know, being with someone, but yet having all of this mandatory alone time where you're kind of forced to grow and develop on your own. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting way to think about it as, as a unique blessing that really others don't get, but it, it is, it can be a time where you can, because somebody else is gone, there's less time that you have to devote to them. So you can devote to it yourself and it can be the same way with kids I'm assuming like we could they could be learning a skill and all that kind of stuff um second to last question 
How did the master class, because it, it's called the deployment master's class, right? Yeah. Okay. How did that start? Was it just like a few years ago? Had people just been asking you for all of this advice and you just saw the need or how did that come about? Um, I developed it in the last year and it was a little bit of a, a work in progress. Mm -hmm. I didn't start out with the idea of creating a masterclass. I just wanted to create some deployment resources and make it easily accessible that people could just go to my website, download a document that they could just print out at home and read through any time. And the original deployment guide, which is kind of like the workbook that was developed into the masterclass. The deployment guide had tons of pages where you could write out all your own information for your own individual deployment. So it has financial worksheets that you can plan on a budget with your spouse. And it has, you know, a place to write down phone numbers for friends or for neighbors or for somebody that you could call during an emergency. So there's all these kind of brainstorming ideas that basically are things I put together for myself initially. Um, my husband went through two deployments recently in the last three years. And it was after we had had our fourth kid. So by that time, I was definitely ready to find any and all help that I could get <laughs> during deployment. So I had been exploring and reaching out and looking for resources for myself. And I realized that I just really wanted to be able to share them with others. So I, I developed the guide first. But then I realized also that even though we've been through several different deployments, it, he is Marine Corps, and he did one deployment with a Navy ship, but obviously he's never done an Army or an Air Force deployment. And so people have different perspectives and different experiences that I personally am not able to give. So I started reaching out to other seasoned spouses, other military spouses who had been through multiple deployments, and going more in-depth on certain topics that I feel can't be answered in just a simple Facebook post of, you know, don't worry, you got this, it's going to be okay. Sometimes people really need a more sincere and lengthy response. Mm -hmm. So we interviewed about 10 different military spouses on these very specific challenges that I think are universal challenges to deployment. We talked about things like raising kids by yourself and that pre-deployment stress period and how to set goals during a deployment and care package questions and how to cook and prepare meals during deployment. All these different things that people were always looking for information about. And I compiled all of those video interviews into the masterclass. So now when you sign up, you get access to all the video interviews, you get the deployment guide workbook, and then of course you can join the Facebook group for that instant virtual support. So it's a very, I'm very proud of it. It's a very encouraging and wonderful product that I think has helped a lot of people feel more confident about deployment, brought them that peace that they need to face what's ahead and let them know that, you know, they're not going through this alone, no matter where they might be living or might be stationed. There are tons of other people out there wanting to encourage them and to go through it with them. Yeah, that's incredible. That's a, that's not just, yeah, like, round of applause for Lizanne for one, just putting that together. That had to have been a ton of work, but that's an amazing resource. And I hope all the listeners take advantage. I know I'm going to, we're, like I said, we're, he's supposed to be going in May and it's, it's like, I've been a spouse for six years and he's gone to extended trainings and different courses and stuff like that. Um, but I just feel like a deployment is different because 
it is. It's those things of you don't know when you're going to talk to him again. So you do need to be fully knowledgeable and on the same page with the finances. And after being married for however long, like even if you've been married a long time or a short time, that's like a whole new world that you have to open up to. So I'm. that's awesome that you've broken it down and gotten so many different points of view. Well, thank you. Yeah, yes. it definitely was a lot of work, but it was really rewarding too to realize that, you know, I'm going through that on my own. It's kind of like my own checklist of the things that we go through when we're preparing for deployment. And then I expanded it for multiple situations, like if you're having a baby during deployment or when you're living overseas and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, to realize that my experiences can actually help other people and make life a little bit better for them. It definitely helps because we've been through some challenging times and they weren't always satisfying and fulfilling at the time. So to realize that that experience is worth something is definitely a great feeling. Yeah. Okay. Last question. And I ask in in all my interviews, what is your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow waiting warriors? Mm, I think I'd say balance is really important to me. And I think about when I'm setting goals and when I'm trying to put things in perspective, especially during a deployment, I, I try and think of a stool that has, you know, three or four legs. And you can focus on health and fitness goals, and that's an excellent thing, but that's just one leg. Mm -hmm. So not only do you need to be taking care of yourself physically, but there's also your mental health, and then there's also kind of your spiritual and intellectual growth. And I try to do a little bit of all of those things during deployment, not just to keep myself healthy, but to really help me grow and thrive. And so I have set different goals at different times. Like I said, depending on your stage of life, when I had <laughs> newborns and toddlers, you know, I was a little bit more limited. But um, when you focus on taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, and intellectually and spiritually, you're going to find that balance that you need to build your inner strength, build your confidence, and face those crazy situations that military life can throw at you. I like that. I like the visual of the stepping stool and how you, it, it does, it kind of lets you break it down. So you make sure you're kind of taking care of all those aspects. I like that a lot. Thank you. Well done. Um, well, thank you so much, Lizanne. Thank you guys for listening. I know I have a lot to think about and to get all set up for the deployment. And I hope those of you, if you are not in the middle of the deployment or um, gearing up for one that you remember this episode for when you are because we all know if you are in the military it's coming sooner than later Absolutely. Um, so remember the, the master's class um, maybe, probably just we should all just probably bookmark the website on our computer because you know we're going to be needing it sooner than later I tried to keep it easy. It's just seasonspouse.com slash deployment. So that is easy. Well, we can all go bookmark that because we know we're going to be meeting it sooner, probably sooner rather than later. So thank you again, Lizanne. This has been great. Um, For those of you who want to reach out to Lizanne, I know on Instagram, you're at seasonspouse underscore military underscore advice. Is it the same on Facebook? Yep, Facebook and Twitter are a little bit easier. It's just Season Spouse on Twitter. 
And the Facebook main page is Season Spouse blog. Okay, perfect. So check out all those resources, guys. She like you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't take advantage because she has just blessed us with all the things. If you have a question, the answer is somewhere on that blog. So thank you again, Lizanne, and all you listeners. You guys have a great day. This episode is sponsored by Kids Shake. Kids Shake is a picky eater approved nutritional shake developed by a doctor for kids. It's the quick and easy way to get your kids nutrition they need with no added sugar, artificial sweeteners, or the sugar alcohols. It's just what their growing bodies need and none of those extra fillers that I personally have found in so many other of the healthy options. Kids Shake is gluten-free, soy-free, nut-free, and affordable. Go to kidsshake.com, and that is K-I-D-Z-S-H-A-K-E. And all Waiting Warriors listeners can use the code MILITARY15, no space in between, MILITARY15, to get their 15% off. Enjoy. I know we are. <laughs>